called unchangeable. Unchangeable. And I want you all to realize how unchangeable God is. I mean, never going to change. So here, here's this omnipotent God, full of, of glory, full of, I mean, everything you could ever imagine, times uh, infinity and beyond. And I'm telling you, his intention is towards you. The promises to mankind are never going to change. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care how bleak it gets. I don't care if the economy falls. I, I don't care about any of those things. As long as you know Christ, it wouldn't matter what the circumstances are, you will prevail because God's going to prevail. God's not up in heaven biting his fingernails wondering whether you're going to make rent this month. He is not doing that. He's never going to do that. He's going to call you, I mean, to higher places in him. And he's going to, I mean, encourage you to see things as they are rather than what they seem to be. Just because there is evidence of negative circumstances does not negate the evidence of Jesus Christ. You know, we get bad news, praise the Lord. Sometimes things don't go the way we want them to go. But what I'm here to tell you this morning is, okay, there's the circumstance, there's the situation that you could say, oh, there it is. Look at that, it's horrible, it doesn't look good. Why does it have to be that way? And I'm telling you, if you don't get your focus off the problem and get it onto the, the evidence of Christ. There's actual evidence there. This is what we put our faith into. But if you're not careful, you're going to put all your eggs in that little bad basket over here. And you're going to start to define your life based on the evidence that you're experiencing rather than the evidence of Jesus Christ in your life. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. I promise you that. Whatever is going on in your world, whether you're on cloud nine or you're, 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 you're down in the valley of the shadow of death or somewhere in between, I'm here to tell you that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never going to change. And if you just put your faith and trust in him, you're going to start seeing things in the evidence of your reality begin to change. You're here to do one thing, and that's to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For what purpose? Not a religious experience. Not so you can quote the Bible. Who cares if you can quote the Bible? If you can, if you can quote the Bible but you can't live it, it ain't going to do you any good. It is not going to do you any good. It is a book with paper and letters inside of it and words. But if you don't live those words, if you don't become the transformation, you're going to miss the boat. And I do not want anybody within the sound of my voice or within my reach to miss what God is already doing already committed to already going man i'm your greatest cheerleader i'm the I, I, i'm the author i'm the finisher of your faith i'm everything without me you wouldn't even be here and by the way my promises are yes and amen to those who believe and called according to my purpose 
So let's get into this tonight. Point number one, the unchanging love of God produced the evidence of Christ. It was prophesied. It was talked about. I mean, for thousands of years. Oh, the Messiah is coming. Oh, the Messiah is coming. Oh, the Messiah is coming. And guess what? If God said it, it's going to happen. And the evidence of Christ became. I love what it says in Malachi 3, verse uh, 6 and 7. It says, I am the Lord. And I do not change. He goes on, he says, that's why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Anybody fall short of the glory of God in this room? Praise the Lord, I'm the only one. Me and Je- Okay, hallelujah. So therein lies a problem. Sin. The problem, you are not the problem. You are not the problem. Sin is the problem. It says, now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heavens. What's that say? Armies, not an army, like armies. Like, I mean, he is going to fight for you. He, I mean, he is going to knock down everything he's got to knock down, and he is going to find you when you seek him. Come back to him, not as a Lord, but as the Lord of my life. Jesus is Lord, period, end of story, I receive who I am in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'm no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. There is no weapon that is formed against me that can prosper. Devil, get out of my way. See, there's a different way of thinking. There's a different way of behaving. There's a different way that you can begin to say, you know what, I'm not here for a mediocre life. Christ came and died so that you could have life and have it how? More abundantly. More than enough. I mean, God's promises are endless. You could find any problem, any circumstance, go to the Word of God, find that problem, and find out what God's promise is about that thing. And if you would have faith to believe in what the Word of God says about your situation, it would have to go. Just because there's negative evidence in your life, I'm going to say this a hundred times, hopefully tonight, does not negate the evidence of Jesus Christ. Never forget that. Never let that go. Because the moment you let that go and the moment your focus goes into all the problems is the moment you walked out of faith, you literally... That's why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees, my promises, what I told you. You're scorning those things. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just ask God for forgiveness, whatever it is that's separating you and God, and get that stinking thinking out of your head. Get those words out of your mouth. 
and begin to speak life over your life. Because when you do that, when you return to him, he's going to return to you. And he is going to be the Lord over your life. And he's got armies that are going to fight for you. That's what he says. That's what it says. That's, that's just what it says. John 3.16, we love this scripture, right? It's in the end zone of every football game. Praise the Lord. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone, everyone who believes in him, not in, in not, boy, not, not in parts of him, not in uh uh, other religious mindsets about him, not in your works for him, not in anything of any human comprehension other than I believe in him. Him will never perish but have eternal life. You see, the unchanging love of God produced the evidence of Christ for your life. That's what, that's what it did. I mean, he's never going to change. And as a result of that, boom, here came Jesus on the scene. And because of that, I'm telling you, all your sins have been negated. All of the shortcomings. And listen, sometimes we get hyper-focused on swearing and cussing and smoking and, you know, carousing and doing all the, the bad stuff, Right? But sin is anything that falls short of the glory of God, both known and unknown things. That's why it's so critical that you renew your mind with the Word of God so that you can know the stuff that's in you that doesn't belong there and you can begin to trade that for the promises of God in your life. Boy, I'm preaching a whole lot better than you guys are, are shouting tonight. 1 John 4.16 says, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. The love never changes. God is love. The, the love is constant. It's omnipresent. It's never going to, oh, be a little low one day. Oh, it's going to be higher the next. You know, we live in this lovey-dovey stuff, right? You know, in marriages, and we get engaged and all that good stuff. Hallelujah. She's she going to make an honest man of you, I promise you. That's a, that's a woman's job right there. I, and they are masters at it. <laughs> masters. It's all about the, the love and all that right now. But she's got stuff in the back of her mind right now about you. She ain't going to tell you about any of it until, you know, the day you're all married and everything and everything's wonderful and praise the Lord. She's got ideas. Lexi, you got a few ideas? Praise the Lord. Come on now. Yeah, she's over there. Uh-huh. All right. Praise. I got to get serious here. But it says God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. Now, who in here has ever seen love? You ever seen it? Could you hand it to me? Can I have some? Just put it in my hand. I'll take a pound and a quarter, please. Praise the Lord. Can I get a pound and a quarter shaved? Praise the Lord. I'd like it shaved. 
but it's not physical. But the, what could seem like the lack of love, because you can't see it, might, might be overpowered by the, the natural circumstances that you're dealing with. And it is real. It is more real than the stage I'm standing on. It's more real, and it's going to outlast this stage. It's going to outlast this building. It's going to outlast you. It's going to outlast everything. 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 And when you can start thinking of this constant love toward you and how that unchanging love of God produced the evidence of Christ and how Christ became out of that love, and then you can start to understand, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, this is what's running the show. And if you grab a hold of that kind of love, that stuff's the kind of love that you probably don't say you're good enough to receive, especially based on the circumstances you're dealing with. Yeah, but what about this? Yes, I, I, I love you beyond that. But what about this? I love you beyond that. But what about that? I love you beyond that. And it's like, wait a second here. Why am I being tossed to and fro with all these things going on in my world when God loves me, he's supreme over all of it, and he, his, his, his nature, this unchanging love of his, produced Christ for me so that I could have everything that I say. I mean, it's that clear in the word of God. Boy, this is good stuff. This will grow you right up into who God called you to be. You won't have any excuses anymore. You won't have, you see what I mean? You are unstoppable with Christ. Completely unstoppable. I mean, just, you know, Sunday's message. If you didn't listen to that, I, I, I spoke Sunday. And I just want you to know, if with you and the still small voice of God, what else do you need? Just tell me what else you need. Because if you tune in and, and it's like God speaks and it's like, I heard that. I know that's God. And I'm going to begin to live as though it's true. Imagine the change that would begin to happen. Because it's no longer you operating anymore. It's just you saying, I hear the still small voice of God. And I mean, people could tell you you were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I hear the voice of God. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Praise the Lord. But you know what? The lack, uh, their lack of hearing the voice of God does not negate the voice of God. Ever. The fact that I say I cannot hear the voice of God does not negate that he is speaking. And not only speaking to his church, but speaking to you as a, I mean, his son or his daughter. I love this next one, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. Listen, this is God. When I read this, don't think of the ushy gushy love. I'm talking about 
not a standard of love, but the standard of love, who God truly is. Let me start this over because I want you to see that that way. Love is patient and it's kind. He is patient and he's kind with all of you. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. He's a gentleman. It does not demand its own way. The power of free will to choose. Greatest gift ever given to mankind. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of ever being wronged. Meaning no matter what you did or who you did it with, praise the Lord, he doesn't have a list up in heaven. Go, oh, gee, many criminy, I can't believe that one happened. Oh, my gosh, there's another one. And just start keeping this big, long list. He's not doing that. Otherwise, the word of God is void, and it's not, it's not true. Because it's not talking about gushy love. It's talking about God love. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth, oh my gosh, whenever the truth wins. Not my circumstances, not the lack of the truth in my life, but when the truth wins, wins. And I promise you, it always wins. It always wins. Love never gives up. Not on his church, not on your life or your family. Never gives up. Never loses faith in you, in his church, in their earth. Never loses faith that the earth is going to continue to rotate around that sun exactly the way it's designed. It never gives up faith. Is always, even, oh my gosh, always hopeful. Always expecting something far greater than whatever greatness you're experiencing in this moment today. And it endures through every single circumstance. What endures? Love endures. The power of love endures against all of the circumstances. So again, just because there's evidence of the circumstance does not negate the evidence of the power and the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. you got to raise the standard of your life to where God's calling you to. There's no point in going through life and, you know, just going like this the whole time. You know, it's great when you're at Disneyland. I love Disneyland. We should go to Disneyland. Praise the Lord. I love, Pastor Paul loves to go to Disneyland. You think, oh, the lines. I don't care about the lines. I'll stand there for hours as long as I'm in those gates. Praise the Lord. I love Disneyland. I love me some Disneyland. I don't know how I got off on Disneyland. Huh? Oh, yeah, the roller coasters. Your life is not designed to do that. Your life is to go like this. Praise the Lord, ever increasing in who I am in Jesus Christ. And listen, I, you go, oh, but it's so hard. It's so difficult. Man, you know, the things that God speaks to me, and then I look at my circumstances, and I'm like, how am I ever going to do that and everything? You got to get out of your head and get into faith. 
Faith in the promises of God. Does a food bank start up all by itself? Does it keep running all by itself? I mean, have you ever experienced any negative circumstances with the food bank? Just a couple, right? But when God speaks, your obedience, and you start to think of all, you could get caught up in all the problems. But you start to think of all of the evidence of the things that occurred that had not yet occurred. You see what I'm saying? You, you, you start changing everything. The people who were going without are not going without. In fact, they never should have gone without. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. God was speaking to someone, and that one said, yeah, no, that, praise the Lord. I, I, I'm not called to that. And he calls, no, there must be something else. And he calls, no, no, there must be some, something else beyond that. Some of you in this room, God spoke to you to go down and help this woman down there. I'm just being real with you tonight. And you're like, well, you know, praise God, you know, it's, it's all on the other side of town and, you know, the whole thing, you know, oh, gosh. And listen, I wouldn't care if God told me, Paul, you're going to South Africa to some jungle someplace, and I want you to do this. I'd be, if I heard the voice of God, I'm just telling you, I, I, honey, we got to pack up. Praise the Lord. Well, where are we going? Well, I want you to pray about it. I already know, but I want you to pray about it. And I'm telling you, God can just mysteriously open windows. And you think, oh, gosh, that would be so terrible to live out in the jungle in a hut and all that and the bugs and all that stuff. But if, those, if God's calling you there, my goodness, what in the world would stop you from doing what God called you to do? You could turn that, you could turn that jungle into the greatest city that God ever built in, his, in, in, in all of history. You have no idea until you do it. And here's the other thing I'm going to say real quick, and then I'm going to move on. Sometimes God calls you to something and you do it, right? You just get out there, man, I'm going to do this thing. Praise the Lord. And you're not quite thinking of six months from then, five years from then, and beyond. And too often, the thing that we're excited about to get launched becomes a burden. And then we're doing it grudgingly and out of necessity. And God can't bless it. God can't bless it. God is calling us to do great things. But you've got to understand the last portion of that, that scripture. It says, love endures through every circumstance. Every single one. Point number two. Christ displayed the evidence of the unchanging love of God. So first you have the unchanging love of God produce the evidence of Christ. Now Christ displayed the evidence of the unloving, uh, unchanging love of God. John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I am one of the ways. See, and I'm telling you, in this day and age, with this whole idea of inclusion and, and all this stuff, 
you just be like, well, you know, praise the Lord, you know, that, uh, no, God, God, everybody's saved, and, you know, it's all good, God loves you, and, and all of this stuff, and, you know, you get a little wishy-washy. Jesus was not wishy-washy. He was not wishy-washy at all. And it just says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, the life. And by the way, in case I'm not clear enough, no one can ever come to the Father except by me. Ever. Ever. And sometimes we get caught up in that inclusion message and it's all about the grace of God and all of this stuff. Yes, God will give you grace, but he'll, you, you ever heard the saying that, that you'll give a person enough rope to either do something constructive with it or turn it into a noose and hang themselves? You think, oh, Pastor Paul, you're being harsh. Oh, Pastor Paul, you know what? When people's lives are at risk, I would rather be like Jesus and tell you the truth that could make you free from all the needless suffering that you are currently experiencing and elevate you to be the light of the world. I mean, you could be the light to many people's world. You could do that. But if you're not careful, you'd be like, well, you know, I go to church and you know, I make sure the kids are, you know, brought up in the church. And so that they, you know, you get through this whole religious thing and you're never quite getting the reality of who Christ is in your life and how he wants to help you overcome and be the light of the world and influence what's going on out here. That's what building the kingdom is. Building the kingdom is not erecting buildings and so on and so on. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is the supernatural glory of God evident through your life that is changing the atmosphere, that is changing it into what God wants it to be. Again, just because the circumstance is the way it appears does not negate the power of Christ to change it, to influence it. But he's not going to do that without you, without me. Without his church, he is calling us to, I mean, higher places in him than our problems and our circumstances. I do not want to stand before God at the end of my life and say, well, you know, God, I woulda, coulda, shoulda, but because of all the problems that I had, I decided not to. It was too difficult. It was too hard. Couldn't do it. I don't want to do that. And you think, well, gosh, Pastor Paul, again, you're being harsh. I'm harsh on myself. The Apostle Paul in the Bible said that he pummeled himself. He hit himself. He pinched himself. He scratched himself. He said, stop that. We're not going back. We're going forward. Well, where is forward? I don't have any idea. I feel like a blind man walking through the darkness. But I'm doing it by faith, and I look back, and I can see everything that God is doing. You see what I mean? You, you, you are a supernatural human being. And, and that, I'm telling you, is Christ displaying the evidence of the unchanging love of God in your life. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. And God made you alive with Christ. 
He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against you. And it took and, and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed. Hear this. He disarmed, past tense, the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Some of us are doing this, and it's, it's, it's not pleasant to, to, to imagine this. But when we look at our problems and look at our circumstances, and we can't find our way out, and it's all about the problems, just imagine yourself holding another nail in your hand, holding another hammer in your hand, and laying Jesus back down on that cross and repounding the nails back through his hands and feet. You see, we've got to realize that that is a finished and complete work. It can't be redone. And when we play those kinds of games with God, it's, it's like we're trying to nail the nails back in his hands and feet again. He's not going to be crucified again. He is alive. He is well. He is calling you to heavenly places. He's calling you there. Point number three. God shares the evidence of his love through the evidence of Christ with us. Listen. God is sharing what Christ did with you. You, 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 everybody in the world. He's saying, I, I, I want to share everything that I did through Christ. My unrelenting, unstoppable, constant, never-changing love has been expressed fully through Christ so that you could now be joint heirs with him. Joint heirs. Romans 5, 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what, because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done in the past for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we, where we now stand. This is where my footing is. I'm on the rock. I don't care what's going on. I don't care who's got anything to say about it. I don't care. My toenails are, I mean, grown into this rock. And I am not going to be budged. I'm not going to be pushed off this rock. I'm not going to give up on what God's told me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. That is out of the question. I have the privilege of Christ in my life. And I'm standing on it. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into, uh-oh, wait a second, I have my toenails glued to the rock. Praise the Lord. Oh, no, the wind is coming. The waves are coming. Go listen to my message on Sunday. For we know that they help us develop endurance problems and saying, I 
know Christ. Christ knows me. I hear his voice. He lives on the inside of me. And the same power that raised him from the dead lives and abides in me. And listen, just because the problems are there doesn't negate the power of God that's on the inside of every believer. I mean, there is no end to the love of God and the promises of God toward you. It says, an endurance develops strength and character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Salvation from what? From it all, man. Every, I mean, every problem you'll ever experience in your life. He has the answer. His love endures forever. And this hope will not lead you to disappointment. It will lead you to the appointment. Praise the Lord. For we know how dearly God loves us. Remember that love, man. It's patient. It's kind. It endures. I mean, it overcomes everything. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And we, when we were utterly hopeless, helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, not by religion, not by good works, not by any uh, other person, thing, flower, tree, mountain, universe, none of that. It says he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. If you're feeling condemned... Listen, you, you got to get your head screwed on straight. You are not condemned. You may be convicted, but you're not condemned. For since our friendship with God was restored, restored, I think of a, a piece of furniture that got left outside for too long. It was a beautiful piece of furniture. And then someone like Mike or Paul, craftsman, See that thing and think, you know what? I can make something beautiful out of that thing again. You are that piece of furniture. God wants to restore the friendship with you. It says, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. No other way. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. God, you're, you're his buddy. You're, you're his friend. You're, you're, I mean, listen, you may do some pretty cool stuff for your buddies and your friends, but what God will do with his kind of love, yeah, I mean, it, it's incredible. It's incredible. Point four, choices matter to the evidence we will produce. Galatians 5, 16 through 21. So choices matter to the evidence we will produce. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Allow it in your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what God, of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These 
Two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, say, when I'm directed by the Spirit, I am not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results will be very clear. And here's what they are. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension. It's a big one in the church. Division, big one in the church. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, what does it say? Listen to the Spirit of God. Listen to the Spirit of God. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes. God causes. Not, not you. God causes everything to work together for good to those who choose to love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Not yours. Not your boss's purpose for you, not your wife or your husband's purpose for you, not what someone, your mean teacher told you when you're in third grade and you'll never amount to any, not, not theirs either, not their opinion, not their purpose, his purpose. Grab a hold of that. Closing scripture, Galatians 6, 7 through 10, do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. I'm telling you, when his love is there, you can't mock it, Okay. Grab a hold of this. You will always harvest what you plant. Always. If, if, if you're growing weeds right now, trust me, you planted them there. It's okay. And, 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 and listen, you, you, can, you got another season coming. Get your seed ready and, and get good seed into the ground. It says those who, who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit of God will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. It said, so let's not get tired. Let's not grow weary in doing what is good or what God has spoken to us. At just the right time, we will reap the harvest of blessing if we do not, what's that say? Do not give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, when is the opportunity? Right here, right now. God is a redeemer, man. I'm telling you. I mean, he can redeem everything, catch it right up, right to where it needs to be, okay? Don't be condemned by your problem. Know that he can catch it up quickly. It says, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those of the family of faith. That's us together, the church, working together, not working against each other. Cecil, Brother Cecil, come on up here, brother. Cecil's got uh, evidence of something in his body. You've got to be quick because i got to close the service. The Lord's so great. Everybody should know the Lord and be faithful in God. Always come to church and believe God going to meet your needs. Whatever it is, ask him about it. See if he 
he'll meet the needs. Not no doubt in the ifs and ands. And I see people coming to the altar, and they act like they're not too interested. And I heard Copeland say, if you ain't coming from and mess around, go back to your seat. Hey, man, you got a mean business, so it won't help me. Amen. Well, we mean business tonight. I didn't know everything about what was going on with Cecil and his health. But I want all of you to recognize one thing, that the physical evidence may be there. They could see it. It could be there, whatever. But it does not negate the evidence of Christ in his life to heal him. Father God, right now, let's get some men around him. I just thank you and praise you, Father, that no weapon formed against him can prosper. I thank you that your anointing, Father God, is so strong in his life, and the evidence of that anointing is so strong in his life. I thank you, Father God, that they may find physical evidence of something, but praise the Lord, Jesus is the evidence as well, and he is the evidence of healing and power and authority and the anointing to break every yoke of bondage. His name is above every name thing. And I just anoint his head with oil right now. I thank you, Father God, for the anointing of God in his life. The evidence of the anointing is not negated. And I am here as a man of God. And there are men of God and a whole church behind Cecil right now, full of the Holy Spirit, full of power and authority to begin to speak the evidence of Christ in his life. There's not no wellness. There's no health without Christ. There is nothing without Christ. And I thank you for meeting all of Cecil's need in accordance with your wondrous riches and glory found only in Jesus Christ. And I thank you. Father God for the evidence of Christ in his life. I thank you for the evidence of God's love in his life Father God. It's what spoke him into existence Lord God. It's what heals him. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead is right here in our midst right now. We thank you that this body begins to align itself with the word of God. The evidence of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Authority of Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give it up for Christ. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. God is good. I'm telling you, God is good all the time. Um, Starting uh, at the first of the year, I'm going to do an in-depth series on 1 Timothy. If you've never gone through Timothy training, I'm telling you, this is the stuff that will make you a man or a woman of God. And you ain't going to be playing with no devils anymore. I promise you that. You will know who you are. And it's probably going to be around four to six weeks. We're just going to kind of feel it out a little bit. But we're going to start that right at the first of the year. We're also going to start our fast at the first of the year. Listen, you got, I don't know how many more days, 20-some more days, whatever it is. Listen. Get in tune with the voice of God. You got now to the end, and I'm telling you, prepare, 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 because God is going to really begin to move on your life, I promise you, in 2020. Before we leave here tonight, I just want to make sure everybody in this room knows the Christ that I'm talking about tonight. This is your opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior. It's also your opportunity to come back to Christ if you've walked away. So we're going to say this prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. 
I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer tonight and you meant it with all your heart, just slip up your hand now. Just acknowledge that between you and God. Real quick, I see that hand. Praise the Lord. I see that hand. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and put your hands down. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are going to have an incredible service on Sunday. Do not miss it. Get here. I mean, walk if you have to. Crawl, whatever it takes. Take. I mean, whatever. Don't just come to church, but come to church expecting God to speak to you in your life. And I promise you that he will. Hey, if you receive Christ tonight, we do have our uh, incredible prayer warriors right over here. There's a I choose card in the seat right in front of you. Be so kind to fill that out. Turn that in here. They will pray for you and talk to you about next steps in Christ. Yes. On Saturday is the clothing outreach at the pantry. And she needs a personal shopper, someone that someone comes in off the street, right? And they don't know what's going on. They don't know where anything's at. They don't have a bag to put their clothes in or any of that stuff. They're going to come, and you could be their personal shopper. You meet them right there and say, hi, I'm, I'm Paul. I'd like to help you find some clothes. What size is your waist? You know, how, what's, you know, what kind of clothes do you like? And I do know that men's clothing is a, are you still wanting more men's clothing? So no junk men, nice Listen, if you're going to give something away, make sure it's in good condition. I wash it. I iron it. I make sure it's nice and clean and, 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 and ready to wear. And so whatever that is, go on down there. If you don't know anything about the, the pantry, just talk to Pastor Ginger. She'll answer any questions you have. Hey, God bless you guys. We'll see you on Sunday. 8 o'clock in the morning. Be down there, okay? God bless.